Welcome to Watch Therefore. Our Savior Jesus told us to watch for His coming, and the signs that He spoke of are all around us, shouting, Watch Therefore, and be ready. So join me, Dove Schwartz, as we learn to watch and prepare for the coming of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now today's program was recorded at Calvary Chapel Beth Shalom in Pearland, and I'd like to invite all of our listeners in the Houston area to join us at Calvary Chapel in Pearland, where the Bible is taught line upon line, chapter upon chapter, book upon book, where prayer is a priority and where fellowship is something we experience together as Jesus our Savior walks in our midst by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, Ray Jensen is the new pastor at Calvary Chapel Beth Shalom, and the Lord has raised him up to lead this congregation in this critical hour just before the coming of Messiah Jesus. Listen today, and we pray you're blessed. Fear and faith cannot occupy the same space. Fear and faith can't occupy the same box, one or the other, right? So be faithful in the Lord. Remember the promises that He's given you in His Word to protect you, to provide for you, and see to your needs. Again, when I'm studying the Bible for a lesson for Sunday, I just kind of think about those angels that must be around me with their swords. We're going to protect this guy. And I'm being watched over now. The, the Bible says you have angels that watch over you. Okay, I'll believe that. So Moses' song here in Exodus 15, 17 expresses the assurance. He knows without a doubt that God's going to bring his people into the promised land. He knows this is going to happen. He's expressing it in the song, right? As he says in verse 17, he says, The mountain of your inheritance. Take a wild guess where that's at. The mountain of your inheritance, Mount Zion, which is a hill in Jerusalem. I've been there. It's really cool. Mount Zion. What is the significance about this particular place, this hill? That's where Messiah Jesus is going to reign as king. And even sooner, where King David's going to reign yet in the future for Moses. Now, Moses has his eye on the Lord, and he's not just looking into his near future, but he's looking with a prophetic vision. He's looking beyond a prophetic vision. Moses calls this the mountain of your inheritance. I find that interesting that he calls it that. Now, I know Moses is, is thinking of inheriting the land, but his words go past that. Let me ask you, what is our inheritance in the Lord? Our inheritance is the fact that I've, I've been saved. Jesus is my Lord, and he has given me an inheritance, uh, eternal life. That's my inheritance that I'm going to get. Where is Jesus going to reign as king? On Mount Zion. The mountain of what? The mountain of his inheritance. For us. I read that and I got excited. It's just Moses sees it this far away. Do you think Jesus is not in the Old Testament? I just want to go, hello. He's in the Old Testament. The mountain of his inheritance. I'm excited. Let's read that again. Exodus 15, 17. You will bring them in and plant them in the mountain of your inheritance, in the place, O Lord, which you have made for your own dwelling, the sanctuary, O Lord, which your hands have established. The Lord shall reign forever and ever. We got good things coming if you're in Jesus. Now, his presence would be evident in the sanctuary. Because that will be his own dwelling. Moses affirmed the Lord is going to reign forever and ever. You see, Moses isn't just looking at his own snapshot in time. He's looking well past that into eternity. 
Now, God is to be praised for what He's done, not just for delivering Israel, but also for doing a mighty deliverance for us as well. You realize that Israel was delivered, so will we, if you're in Jesus Christ. You can look forward to this inheritance, the Lord reigning forever and ever. Man, this is just getting started. You may tell, your, tell people, you know, I've been around a long time. I've been around a long time. I'm gold and all this kind of stuff. You tell these young kids, hey, you just getting started, buddy. He's doing a mighty deliverance for us as well, bringing us out of bondage of our sin, giving us a Savior, Messiah Jesus, to reign over us eternally. Is God good or what? That's all I can say. God is great. Let's read on and continue in their joy. I, I hope the joy that they're expressing starts to overflow out of the pages into your life. I study this stuff sometimes till 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. Anna's in bed asleep, and I'm still going. I stand up, and I just got to... I got to walk it off for a minute because it's just getting so good. It's like, I, what time do you go to sleep, Ray? Well, don't worry about that. The song of Miriam, now in verse 20. Then Miriam the prophetess, the sister of Aaron, took the timbrel in her hand, and all the women went out after her with timbrels and with dances. And Miriam answered them, Sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and its rider he has thrown into the sea. Now, Miriam is the first woman in the Bible to be called a prophetess. Micah suggested that she had some kind of a leadership role in Israel's uh, wilderness wanderings with Moses and Aaron. I want to show you in Micah 6 and 4, it says, For I brought you up from the land of Egypt, I redeemed you from the house of bondage, and I sent before you Moses, Aaron, and Miriam. Now, Moses is 80 years old. Aaron was 83 at the time of Exodus. Miriam was probably in her 90s because she was a young girl when Moses was born. You might remember Miriam in Exodus 2. She's the one that stood afar off to make sure that Moses was found in the river basket. Later, she's the one that told Pharaoh's daughter, hey, uh, Pharaoh's daughter finds Moses. She goes, hey, should I go find you a Hebrew lady to nurse that, that child for you? She goes, yeah, yeah. So she goes and gets Moses' mother and they're right back together again under the protection of Pharaoh. How cool is that? That was Miriam that did that. Really cool. So um, Miriam is Moses' sister, and she's been in this for a very long time. She's been hanging on with this whole thing for quite a long time now. She and the women danced with her with tambourines at 90-something years old, dancing with tambourines. Don't ever tell me that you're too old to serve God. Certainly don't ever tell God that. Miriam and the women sang a joyful reply to Moses' song about God's triumph, regardless of their age. Now, apparently this was carried down through Jewish tradition. They kind of set a precedent here because they did the same thing in, in David's day in 1 Samuel. They were, the women sang and they danced with tambourines and stuff. And they said, Saul has slain his thousands and David his ten thousands. These women set something to be followed that other women would do later in history. So it goes to show, things that you do in the Lord, other people may pick up on it. And that's a good thing to, to set forth as, in whatever your leadership role might be. And so now we're in Exodus 15 and 22. This is where the faith walk starts coming really into play. They've, they've just now expressed their thankfulness to the Lord for getting them out of Egypt and all the wonderful things that he's done. And now they're already going to start hitting some problems. And this is where the faith issue comes in. So, verse 22, so Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea, and then they went out into the wilderness of Shur, and they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. Now, when they came to Marah, 
They could not drink the waters of Marah, for they were bitter. Therefore the name of it was called Marah. And the people complained against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? So he cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree. When he cast it into the waters, the waters were made sweet. There he made a statute and an ordinance for them, and there he tested them and said, If you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight, give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I will put none of the diseases on you which I have brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. Now, leaving where they were, they left the lakes region, uh, where lakes were, into the desert. They traveled three days without water. Right after God let them out with promise and assurance, why would he suddenly now lead them three days without water after he just gave them all this great assurance, right? Well, as it says right there, it was to test them. It was to test them. He wanted to show them that obedience brings blessing But disobedience brings judgment. So they arrive at a river, terrible taste in water. You can't drink it. So bad. And so what do they do? Verse 24 says they complained against Moses. Like that makes a lot of sense. Moses, hey, come on, man. I'd be like, what are you jumping on me for? First of all, I didn't part the sea. I didn't move the pillar between us and Egypt. Why are you jumping at me? They first thing they do is they jump on Moses. Uh, that's quite a sudden different way of behaving right after they were miraculously delivered and sang all those songs of praise. Praise the Lord. He took us out. Hey, Moses, th- this water tastes bad. So now they're jumping on Moses. They take it up with Moses. But what did Moses do? Did he complain back to the people? No. Moses did something entirely different. He took it up with God. He went to God with it. Notice what it says in verse 25. He cried out to the Lord. He did not retaliate complaint for complaint back against them. He took his case before the Lord. You know, as a guy that's as great as Moses was, as wonderful as Moses was, he still was not God. As great as a guy as I like to maybe think that I am. Don't look at me like that. I see (laughs) y'all. I'm not God. I'm not God. No matter what you think of me, how great or how not great, I am not God. If there's one thing I've learned in life and how God has humbled me is that He is God and I'm not. And guess what? You ain't God either. That's why it's good to humble yourself and seek the Lord's help. Bring your problems to Him Instead of thinking you can try to fix it your own self, you can't fix it yourself. In fact, it's your own sin that got you in that mess in the first place. You've got to turn it over to God for your answers. And so the people gripe to Moses. But Moses cries out to the Lord. He doesn't gripe. He cries out with a sense of helplessness to the Lord for water. And in that sort of a cry, a cry of helplessness, that's where God starts answering prayers. You're walking around proud and praying, still keeping your hands locked on the situation. I'm going to do this. Pray all day. I don't think you're going to hear much out of it. This kind of a prayer is where God works. You know, a prayer full of pride is kind of pointless. It doesn't get past the ceiling. Pride means I can do it myself. I've got this. Moses prayed out to the Lord with an expression of, I can't, but you can. 
we got a water problem. We're thirsty. I can't do anything about it. It tastes terrible. There's nothing I can do. Lord, help me. God loves those kind of prayers. And God wasted no time in giving Moses an answer to the problem either, did he? Friends, if you want help from God, stop thinking you can fix it all by yourself. If you haven't fixed it all by now, then you ain't going to. I've seen people run their lives to the end of whatever. A year, 10, 20, 50 years, still trying to fix the same old mess and still never get a handle of it. It's time to cry out to the Lord with the realization that He's God and you're not. That He can and you can't. Turn it over to Jesus. Trust Him. Let Him deal with it. Remember, Moses said to the people back at the sea, walk forward, the Lord will fight for you. The Israelites were privileged, yet the very first hardship quickly turned them over to shred Moses down. We've had it all great. We walked through the sea. We saw all these great things. First problem, hey, Moses. It's frustrating. And we've all done it. So now this undrinkable water, it discouraged them so fast. But God responded mercifully to Moses' prayer and made the water drinkable by showing Moses a tree. Cut it and throw it in the water and it made it drinkable. Now, the wood of this tree... You're th- I was thinking, I try to analyze stuff, I try to figure things out. What is with the wood of this tree that made it drinkable? I, I was trying to figure it out. The wood of this tree had no effect on the water. What this was, it was simply a symbolic action on Moses' part that proved he was anticipating a miracle of God. He was showing the people of Israel, he was doing something with this tree and throwing it in to show them I'm demonstrating to you, I have anticipation, God's going to do something. It was an expression of action and faith working together. This was just like Moses raising his staff over the sea before it parted. The staff didn't part the sea. The tree didn't sweeten the water. But it was an illustration. I expect something. Isn't that cool? Exodus 14, 16, he says... But lift up your rod and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. Let me ask you, what if the sea had parted first before he raised up his rod? That would have made it look like Moses was grandstanding for himself. What? The water's parting? It is? Oh, it is. Let me get my stick. See what I'm saying? That would have done nothing. Moses was to raise his staff first before anything happened. The people are like, look at Moses, what's he doing? He's raising his staff. Something's about to happen. They got to learn from Moses. Walk in faith before you see it. Then something happens. This tree getting thrown in the water to sweeten it, it was just another of the same thing. It was another action of faith by saying, watch what I do. This is proving something's going to happen. Take this tree and throw it in. Something's going to happen. I don't know what. That's how you walk in faith. Moses was to raise his staff first, which gave the people a visible example, an act that would serve as a picture of what faith looks like, that you act by faith before it happens. There's too many people sitting around saying, well, as soon as I see God work in my life, then I'll get up and start moving. As soon as I see the seas start to part, well, then I'll go. Moses says, start walking forward and the Lord will fight for you. And he raised his staff before it ever happened. That's acting by faith. That's how it works. Hebrews 11.1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. 
Moses raised his staff first before the waters parted, just to show Israel this is what faith looks like. It looks like this. I can imagine if he held his staff for five minutes or ten, I don't know how long. If he was holding his staff, that gave people enough time to look at him and go, what in the world is he doing? What's, I don't get this, what's happening? And then it parted and they go, oh wow, look at that. I see it now. Moses held his staff with expectation. Something's about to happen right over there is what he was showing them. And now here with this tree, throw it, in the, throw it in, it'll sweeten the water. It gave the people an act of faith that they could see. And then after that, then they would see fruit, which was the water being drinkable. And so as it says here in Exodus, obedience brings blessing. Friends, God does not want you to just sit down and twiddle your thumbs and stopping your walk. Just because you can't see what he's doing. Walk forward and the Lord will fight for you. I often consider the possibility that he put me or us right into a similar test right here like this with this bad water. That he put a similar test just so that some of us can learn what faith looks like. Remember, a tough situation hits you. Remember, the Lord will fight for you. All you got to do is obey and walk forward. There are times you're going to be put in situations where you can't see the way out. You don't know what there is. And the Lord says, I want you to go do it. Like when he called me to ministry, I want you to go be a minister. How? I don't know. The Lord says, I want you to walk this way. So I started walking. And in my personal story, I was on my way to Bible college when I had no job. How are you going to sign your name to a school loan when you don't have a job? The Lord said, walk that way. So I went to the Bible college and that's the way I went. And he provided all the rest of the way out. Just walk. Don't sit and wait to see it before you go. As it says in Exodus 15, 26, if you hear the Lord and obey him, then it will bring blessing. But if you disobey and act in a manner that is not righteous, then it will result in judgment. God told them, obey me. I will put none of the diseases on you that I put on Egypt. I'm the Lord who heals you. So let me ask you, what are you doing in your life? Are you obeying God or are you fizzled out not walking in his ways? It's not right to sit still and think that waiting for God to move first is the way to go. Who had to move first in the recent chapters? God gave assurance, but an action was required of the people first before God made it happen. We saw that in the last chapters when they were coming out of Egypt. So if you're called to ministry, for instance, get up and go after it volunteer in a church, teach Bible study, help with ministry. Don't just sit there. Like for in the case of needing a job, don't just sit there and pray for God to bring you one. Demonstrate an act of faith. Get up and go looking for one with expectation. And God will make things happen. Faith is the assurance of things not seen. That's hard for us because I like to go by these eyes. And so now the sweetening of the water with a tree was just another of God's miracles to keep his people safe. He provided. Hey, God wants to keep his people safe. I don't feel safe. It doesn't. God wants to keep you safe. Start walking. Well, the military's coming down the hill. God wants to keep you safe. But there's a sea over here. What a... Walk forward. Get some expectation going. God wants me to go that way. Okay, here I go. I don't know what's going to happen, but okay. Watch what he does. God is totally capable. And so if your situation seems stuck in a rut, it's because you're the one that's stuck. God don't get stuck. We do. Obey Him, and you'll see Him work in your life. It's really a rather simple formula when you look at it in the simple truth of God's Word. And now Exodus 15, 27. Here's a really cool end. I love it. Get ready. 
Then they came to Elam where there were 12 wells of water. I love it. And 70 palm trees. And so they camped there by the waters. How cool. Check this out. They got an example of faith through Moses. They got a little water. Just a little bit of water. But then just seven miles away in Elam, they found lots and lots of good water. How cool is that? He's watching out for his people. Twelve wells to drink from. Seventy palm trees worth of shade to get under. Buddy, I'm telling you, that's a place to be right there when you're in the wilderness. That little bit of faith got them a little water. Now they've got a whole lot. Do you see what happens when you trust in God for just a little bit? He can turn that little bit into a whole lot real quick. I find myself in the situation often. Lord, I need a little bit. I need a little bit. Help me. Walk forward with expectation. And I did. And whole lot. I was right over here on Beltway 8. I was headed towards the Bible College in Houston. I had no idea how I was going to pay for it. Lord God, I need a little bit. 2016, pastor of a church. Whole lot. See what I'm saying? He can turn a little bit into a whole lot real fast. Now, as great as this is, fear stopped them from entering the land where the promise was at. And, and you know, there are some who know the promises of eternal life, but for some reason, fear of sin just stops you from entering. You know, we have to learn to give a demonstration of faith because other people are watching. You remember when they marched around Jericho? They blew the horns and they sang and did all that stuff. It wasn't the horns that made the walls fall. That was a demonstration of expectation. Something's about to happen here. and We're going to march and march and blow horns and make noise until it does. Something is going to happen. And you know, I want to say the same thing for your life. Whatever it is that you need and you don't see the way out, go forward with expectation. Do something that shows people, I believe the Lord can do this, and so I'm going to, I'm going to go forward and watch what He does. So anyway, I was calling this one Exodus 15, Walk by Faith, because when I saw that tree hit, it was just an act, an expression of expectation, and then bam, they got all these wells and trees all over the place. God gave them a bunch. Do the same in your life. Ray, it looks so impossible, but Ray, you don't know my situation. That's okay. I don't need to know. God knows. That's enough. Walk forward with expectation. Great things are ahead. Father, thank you for this chapter in Exodus 15, Lord. Lord, I know there are many people among us that are dealing with tough situations and it's, it's very difficult. And so, Lord, I pray that you have shown them in your word, it is not impossible, there is a way forward. Lord, they don't, may not know how to walk forward yet. Lord, we ask you show them the way that they stand up and say, I'm going to expect it. And so thank you, Lord God, for this assurance that you are with your people, you protect your people, you guide your people. Lord, you love us. Thanks for listening today, and please join me every day, Monday through Friday, unless our Lord Jesus returns for us this week. This program is listener-supported and depends on tax-deductible donations to stay on the air. Give to Watch Therefore and contact me through our website at watchtherefore.tv. You can also send tax-deductible donations to Watch Therefore, P.O. Box 564, Pearland, Texas, 77588. Again, by the web, watchtherefore.tv, and mail... Watch Therefore, P.O. Box 564, Pearland, Texas, 77588. You can also call me right now at 713-624-0943. That's 713-624-0943. Keep watching for Messiah Jesus. 
This is John Peake with Israeli Self-Defense and Fitness. We are the new breed of martial arts and fitness designed to give you the understanding and skills to defend yourself and your family against an attack or threat by an armed or unarmed attacker or multiple attackers. We're an international organization led by former Israeli soldiers with a curriculum that is simple and effective. You owe it to yourself, family, and loved ones to be able to defend against any assault should the need arise. We are followers of Jesus Christ, led by His Holy Spirit to provide a safe and functional training environment to develop life-saving skills and increase your physical fitness beyond what you may think is possible. We offer group, private, and corporate training. Call today and mention KKHT to get a 10% discount on your membership. Remember, you owe it to yourself and loved ones not to be a victim. Visit us on the web at IsraeliSelfDefense.net or call 713-53-TRAIN. That's 713-538-7246 to get started today.